question. If police brutality occurs within a culture of violence that thrives off being covert, what solutions work? Again, if police brutality occurs within a culture of violence that thrives off being covert, what solutions work? One, implement police spot checks. Two, mandate camera on. Three, apply spy technology. Four, employ independent QAs. Or five, all of the above. Welcome to another um, episode of the Neoliberal Realm Podcast. That's a poll question that we have running on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And if and you can visit my LinkedIn or Twitter pages at Ronaldo McKenzie, and you can participate before those before the poll ends. So far, I think we only have just one or two persons who have participated. A majority of the people so far are saying apply spy technology and LinkedIn. We have more persons who have participated about ten so far. And most persons have jumped out and say camera mandate camera on. So you can participate in the poll. But the title of the episode today, the title of the podcast today is Solutions to the Problem of Police Brutality Within a Culture of Violence. Again, the title of the episode is Solutions to Police Brutality Within a Culture of Violence. I provide I provide uh, uh, some, I explore the issue of police brutality within the culture of violence, situating it within, extending it within a post-colonial milieu, talking within the idea of um, colonization and phanonism and academic academic thought. We'll be right back after this. Welcome to the episode. It promises to be quite deep, quite insightful, quite quite um, erudite, but it provides solutions to the problem. forward to, uh, to the Super Bowl in two weeks but there is a lot happening in terms of crime and violence and I posted a, I actually posted up a video and responded to the issue of 
to the Tyree Nichols video and I had my latest article is entitled Tyree Nichols a black academic response to police brutality within a culture of violence and it's an academic essay using journalistic style from a post-colonial milieu Now, we live in a country where some are quick to enact laws and apply pressure that bans black history so as to deny and forget the violence of the past that has created the realities of black people today, where they are being brutalized and discriminated against within a systemic system that is slow to enact policies and pressure that upend this violence and discrimination as it speaks to the wider issue of accountability and action. In that, it has become such a political issue, which is the strategy that has mitigated and diluted any effective strategy of reforming police and the systemic injustices to black and brown peoples. But thanks to video technology, we uncovered the truth that led to Tyree Nichols' demise. Yet another black killed by the police within a culture of police brutality and violence. When we talk about the culture of violence, we're not just talking about people's exposure to violence in terms of what's being played on TV and social media. We carried several um, podcasts discussing that looking at Philadelphia, looking at cities, looking at exploring it within the issue of relative deprivation and how certain cities have higher crime and violence and um, have higher crime and rates of crime and violence. Correlated with high levels of poverty and high levels of and rising income inequality we have talked about that and of course we have also talked about the lack of fathers in community the cycle of violence we looked at and what people are doing they said but when we talk about the culture of violence we are situated even we're talking of even beyond that so that's part of the i mean what people are watching today on tv talk about the grand theft auto which is also influencing the theft, the, the carring theft that was going on in Philadelphia and many cities across the US where boys were stealing cars and then many of these cars were being sent to Africa. So we've, we've talked about that. In retrospect, we're, but but in this particular in this particular situation here, we're talking about video technology. We have covered the truth and what is that led to Tyree Nichols' demise yet another black killed by the police within a culture of police brutality and violence. Now, in retrospect, it was white cops that killed Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. But today, black cops beat Tyree Nichols to his death. The symptom of a society that has been damaged, now listen to this, by colonization, a process that Franz Fanon call, calls or writes in his book Black Skin, Black Skin, White Mask or in, and Wretched of the Earth, 
the depersonalization of the individual, the black people, the brown people, for it strips away the individual. It redefines the thing so as to justify and advance its violent control. It comes with a neo-capitalistic attitude of power, one that corrupts stemming from the fallen human nature. Now we know of slaves mentality and the slaves who whipped their slave brothers during the plantocracy maybe it was their resistance a way to re- to escape their realities or maybe they too believed and accepted the hierarchical society that placed them in second place as they come closer to power and privilege Fanon right and I quote the Negro is not period any more than the white man, period, end of quote. In black skin, white masks. Again, the black skin, the, the, the Negro is not, full stop any more than the white man. He interrupts the usual language of the day to punctuate his violent break from standards, placing a period where a comma should be and changing the narrative or the comparative constant and value of language using any more instead of any less. Listen, the Negro is not, full stop, any more than the white using any more instead of any less. A break in standards in subject-verb agreement. Indeed, if we are to understand the damage done to the world due to colonization and the fallen human nature, then reading Fanon's psychoanalysis of the colonized world will help to provide an analysis and an effective way forward. For here, in Black Skin's White Mask, Fanon provides a psychology of the black man and the world that has abnormalized humanity in that, of all things, we are bent to think in a white supremacist milieu. But Fanon interrupts that, saying in order to break free from that we must in we must disrupt the standards with with a new language and attitude that breaks the power of the status quo that has done damage therefore therefore i say this it wasn't a few police officers that murdered tyree nichols it was a police culture of police brutality against black and brown peoples so it is within that frame and i said that hasn't changed since the Black Lives Matter movement marched against George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. The Memphis police released the video of Tyree Nichols. This will be, I I had said, this will be a violent testimony and it was a violent testimony of police brutality and the culture of violence against black people. That's the culture I'm talking about here. It's so cultural and deep. This callous attitude towards black men 
by police. That policy won't work. What else must we do? They don't care. Now, two years ago, after Jacob Blake was shot in the back by police in Wisconsin, I had written, and, and, I, and, and I quote, I, had taken, I took an excerpt from what I had written. Soon after police killed, an, is, an innocent uh, unarmed black man in Lafayette. Another story developed just yesterday of another police killing of a black man. There's no end to their violence and vigilante justice. Proving on the, the point again that no policy will work on police reform. Just two days ago, police gunned down Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, sparking nationwide protests. What the hell? You are denouncing nationwide protests and riots over the brutal assault by police who shot Jacob Blake in the back when black men are being gunned down every day by police and demonized as conducting suspicious activity warranting murder. You can see the story entitled, In Spite of Baylor Movement, Another Black Man Gunned Down by Police. Jacob Blake shot in the back, a blog article in the neoliberal blogs at ronaldocmckenzie.blogspot.com, which was done two, uh, two years ago, two and a half years ago. Now today, the Memphis police announces, that it is enacting major reforms after the release of the Tyree Nichols video, which was graphic, which was graphic, showing four black police officers beating an unarmed and helpless Tyree, yelling for his mom. Several government officials and even the White House denounced the actions of the four police officers as criminal and callous. The video showed just how violent the police treat with black men they vowed legal and political action. However, after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and the Black Lives Matter movement protest two years ago, we had the same reactions and promises which resulted in what we thought were major police reforms. In fact, I have written that article two years after I posted a briefest commentary entitled And Another Innocent Black Man Killed by Police Today no policy will work on cultural ills. And, the, and in the article I wrote, in, like this, on June 15, 2020, I wrote that another black man was killed by police. With all the looting and protests last week surrounding police brutality on black lives and inequities in our system, they killed Rashad Brooks on Friday. He was just sitting in his car, sleeping and unarmed, waiting at Wendy's, and the police made a huge scene out of this. Sadly, today, August 23, 2020, I am writing that same story. As the cycle continues, another innocent black man killed by police, this time in Louisiana. Louisiana State Police are investigating the death of Trefford Pellerin, a 31-year-old black man who was fatally shot Friday night during an encounter with officers from the Lafayette Police Department. It was captured on video by a passerby. The video revealed police shooting a man who was killed, who was, I, I apologize, who was walking casually, seeming unresponsive to their directive to stop. He never brandished a gun and was just walking casually when he was taken down by the police for failing to stop. For, for failing to stop walking. And you can, and, and so the question is, but what is the new police? 
you can see the story in you can see the story in Renaldo C. McKenzie at gmail at blogspot.com. But what is the new police? Probably the answer lies in algorithms. Because most recently I wrote in an article entitled To Hell with Police Reform, a new computer al- a new police computer algorithm may prevent police violence. Remember my post recently calling for police for police reform that includes rebranding and charging or changing their look? Well, we have yet to see that materialize. Instead, while doing my daily news read, I saw a Twitter a tweet on Twitter with the heading can a new algorithm prevent police brutality? Minneapolis wants to find out. Absolutely not. If what you're thinking is to use computer-based system to identify bad cops, algorithms to identify bad cops, laugh out loud, like those damn lie detectors or psychological tests that people can cheat or beat and are never accurate most of the time, People are either inherently good or bad, and any person can create can be bad at any given time. Jesus knows that. That's why he had to die, so that we use his righteousness and not ours. Going off tangent here. But what we need is for cops to always wear body cams and for there to be an independent body that police pol- the police and for harsher penalties for police when they break or violate the laws. The cops could not, should not feel safe to racially profile blacks or to get away with violence or criminality in executing their duties to serve and protect. They should not feel that they can hide behind the law when they are lawless. So don't waste money with that stupid algorithm. And what about building on community and police relations in these communities through expanding community policing and creating a space for dialogue between police and community at the local and federal levels? We need a conversation and dialogue as as for right now, there's tension between police and black neighborhoods. Deal with the hurt and the pain first and explore ways to heal before you talk about computers to fix a human issue that is deeply beyond the scope of an algorithm. In closing, despite the protests and promises of reforms surrounding police brutality within a system of violence and politicization of the crisis, there's been no change. You see, actions speak louder than words. I have experienced police violence myself as a black man and had to invoke my fraternity and other connections before the policeman relented his aggressive attacks without justification. If it weren't for the people passing, we started videotaping the assault. The assault. I thought that I would have been tased or beaten, for the police had turned off his camera and was making a huge scene and abusing my rights to question his reason for the stop. It was as if it was an issue of power. The white police officer did not expect me to know the law and to question him. He was loud, disrespectful and violated my rights and his own police rules of engagement. What was a a routine but but unlawful stop became a matter of force instead with vitriol and that could have turned into something worse. 
I was calm and respectful, but demonstrated my dignity as a person to inquire about why I was being stopped. Now he approached me with his hands on his gun and shouted, Do not speak, sir. He then resorted to shouting commands and treating me as a criminal in the Tesla, in the Tesla which I assumed he was perplexed about as he had asked, Where you get the car from? <laughs> then as I answered, he shouted, Shut up! Don't talk! Don't do anything! I am in control here. Eventually, he backed down as the bystanders gathered and yelled, Turn on your camera to the police. Now, on January 7th, the very cameras that law enforcement had erected to capture and deter criminality caught the very law enforcement officers committing the crimes that they had intended to capture and deter. But little did these, cam- little did these officers know that they were being recorded. They had forgotten about the cameras. Thus, they assumed or they would have done something else, or done it elsewhere. But if it weren't for the unseen eyes of technology, we would not have acquired the truth that always, that has always been the modus operandi of police. Therefore, therefore, if we are to prevent brutality within a culture of violence, we may consider technology. The police officers who acted outside of regulations or who act outside of regulations, the police officers who act outside of regulations, do so because they know that they are not being watched and have the protection of their unions and a system that protects the purity of the badge. Police have a tendency of turning off their cameras. The ability to operate incognito provides an opportunity for them to disregard laws and abuse their power. Let me say this again. Police have a tendency of turning off their cameras. Am I not right? The ability to operate incognito provides an opportunity for them to disregard laws and abuse their power. But if some people have power in society to enforce laws over others, and we know that power corrupts due to human nature, then it stands to reason that they must be scrutinized. They must be placed under tremendous scrutiny, tremendous surveillance and observation, so as to ensure that they do not act outside of laws within the culture of violence and human fallenness because it is the way of human beings. Once they know that they, it is... It is, listen, okay, one of the, if we want to really study how do we minimize violence, it is technology, it is cameras, people do not like to be, you see what, what's going on in these neighborhoods, everybody have these t- tinted cars now, and when the people go to steal cars and do what they do robbers, they, they're wearing hoodies and masks and so on and so forth, okay, I mean, there's the issue of visibility become is the answer. Okay, the issue of visibility. You watch those detective shows when people go to do it and they try to, they, what, they hit, they, they hide the cameras and try to take away, to steal the, um, the, the videotapes and so on. That becomes used to human nature. So I say to you, I say to you again, the ability to operate incognito provides an opportunity for, for them to exercise this human nature, this id, for them to disregard laws and abuse their power. But if some people have power in society to enforce laws over others, and we know that power corrupts due to human nature, then it stands to reason that they must be scrutinized. They must be placed under tremendous surveillance and observation, so as to ensure that they do not access outside of laws within the culture of violence and human fallenness. 
Now, if we are to be resolute on stopping, so if and if we are to be resolute on stopping police violence and and abuse of power, they must not have the ability to, to turn up the ability to turn off their cameras and must be penalized if if they do so. We must develop technology that keeps the police under surveillance. We may need to employ independent quality assurance professionals who randomly do spot checks on police officers on duty and implement GPS tracking on each police vehicle, weapon and uniforms. We have to treat them just as we treat criminals now. If we can do these, then we would be sending a message that we are serious about police brutality and ending police and abuse of power for police would not would stop their disobedience of the laws and leading to death. But to cover up the realities of abuse stemming from a history and culture of violence by the status quo, by minimizing records and narrative of its truth, will never heal wounds in society that may ultimately lead to abnormalities such as civil wars, terrorism, extremism, and so on. This is the kind of truth that hurts, for it may contain painful things about you, leading to anxiety. Sigmund Freud asserts that we use denial to block as one of six mechanisms leading to abnormalities if not psychoanalyzed properly. Yet Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis and the GOP in Florida is doing just that. Defense mechanism, using defense mechanisms which are psychological strategies that are unconsciously used by individuals to protect from anxiety arising from unacceptable thoughts or feelings. According to Freudian theory, defense mechanisms involve a distortion of reality. Defense mechanisms include repression, denial, projection, displacement, sublimation, and regression. And you can see Sigmund Freud. So how do we deal with issues we are not dealing with properly? To avert abnormalities. How do we deal with issues we are not dealing with properly to avert abnormalities, including this police brutality within a culture of violence and the history of caught within this colonization, this history of violence within society, violence to black people both psychologically and phys- physically, even within this contained within this house slave mentality which continues Today, where people who police who occupy second place and close to power continue to do is violence to their brothers who are whipping them unjustly. What Sigmund Freud puts it into perspective. We can't to deal with it. We we we, we can't hide. We have to come face to face with it, with the realities of violence and the human nature and this tendency to go outside. DeSantis, and so we have to we have to use tech we have to go back to we have to look at record we have to look at history we have to study history we have to look at the information the raw information and we have to come face to face with it with what is happening and 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 so i i i i i brought and i relate this issue back into the broader issue a political issue with DeSantis and the gop I'm saying need a kind of therapy and psychiatry that speaks to their psychoanalysis assessed in Freudian psychoanalytic theory of psychology because people have also politicized this issue of 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 police boot attack on black people. The fix is psychological, not politics or the usual human tendency to ban 
to ban, which is symptomatic of his defenses. That only pushes the problem to the unconscious, creating further problems for themselves and the wider society. And so therefore, we have to, it's a two-pronged issue. We have, I've talked about community policing and also now that we have to look at also the whether we have to question now credibi- the police credibility, credi- police credibility again. And when we talk about defunding the police, it's not the defunding of the police in the sense that to, to remove the fun- money from the police. It means to now they have to reshape themselves. You know, we have to take away some of the powers from the police. They cannot feel as though they are so... They, are, they, are, they have occupied a space in society where they can do injustice to people. Based on, based on this human nature of doing injustice to people. And so therefore now, that's where technology comes, where we need to now use surveillance technology because of this natural tendency of people when they occupy, occupy a certain space, they act there is this conflict, this abuse, this this tendency of abuse, this supremacist culture of abuse, which has not been broken as yet, because we've we've not realized the ultimate of all things. This is the Neoliberal Podcast. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Neoliberal Round Podcast. We have, we actually have this episode in video on our YouTube channel, The Neoliberal by Ronaldo McKenzie. And you can also visit uh, our uh, other podcast streams. And we are now on Outcast, I believe. In addition to Audible and iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast. Um, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and several other streams, Podvine, Radio Public, Stitcher, so on and so forth. Please visit us and uh, let us know how we're doing. And you can donate to this show by going to um, Anchor.fm slash The Neoliberal slash support. And um, just so you know, you can visit us at TheNeoliberal.com. And we are all about serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges through our communication which is to make popular what was the monopoly and before and we actually just i just i actually just added uh, a poll to this to this to this episode and um this episode the poll i'm asking the question is um what solutions work can work to mitigate and to minimize police brutality within the culture of violence and you have several options one implement spot checks two um use um employ q a three um, implement spy technology for um, uh, use computer algorithms five all of the above and um, you can you can uh, participate by going to do it on our community page via the platform and participate now just so you know you can also visit us by going to renaldocmckenzie.com
just so you know, we are working on and working on another book, Neoliberal Globalization Reconsidered. That is a work in progress, and I'm working on several other projects. And um, some of my other projects include reimagining peoples within critical race theory, not um, moving away from a victim approach to a hero approach. And I will talk about that some more later on. There is also another um, um, another book book project that I'm working on, and. Um... It is called Reflections on Life and Society by a Black Academic, looking at the foundations of knowledge and hegemony of faith. The mis- oh, this is the, um, the assumption here. The foundations of knowledge and hegemony of faith demystifies the sacred and profane and, and profanity of cultures and purport standards that discriminates. And um, the, quest- the abstract involves this question do the poems of homer and hesiod's theogony and the biblical stories provide a basis to begin to understand the problem of un- and the consequences of human dynamics in the development of human society and of course that is a compendium of several perspectives of course that is a compendium of several perspectives and power that proposed to examine how the status quo uses strategy to extend, establish, or maintain power, which then poses problems for human progress. But of course, there um, there is progress um, in society, and we will and we do doubt that. But the limited progress, what is what are we doing to help spur on the next generation and to facilitate progress where there is lack? And um, that uh, that goes that it becomes uh, is, that is an issue that it becomes corrupted as well. Um, in Guyana, I understand in Guyana that they found oil. What does that mean for the Caribbean? What does that mean for Caricom for people in that region? Um, but the Caribbean have has always had oil. Of course, Venezuela had oil. Trinidad they have oil. Um, Trinidad have oil. But how is that benefiting the Caribbean? The mineral resources. Congo, they have uranium. But what's going on in uranium? Is it profiting the country? No, it's not making the country any better. It hasn't made the country um, change the plight of those people. But it has created a civil war. And then the other people on the outside wait for them for, for them for there to be chaos and chaos and when they when and instability then they march in to save the day and take over their lives and so on and the uranium or and they just or, or in Jamaica they have mineral they have minerals bauxite, but the country don't really profit. They know how uh, they don't know how to they know how to probably extract raw material, but that's that's not where the money lies. The money lies in the enrichment of it when you turn it into into mineral, and you have to, okay they don't have so what is lacking in the Caribbean is this capital intensive industry. This capital intensive. That's what was lacking in the industrial, that kind of industrialization that would really transform the Caribbean. Um, but in terms of financially, there are people such as Kevin Donaldson. I was reading a good friend of mine reading where he has, um, he now, the, in terms of, he now has, um, the Caribbean now have the, the ability to now facilitate, I mean, to now facilitate remittances, transference of money between countries 
first it, they used to rely on Western Union and money, uh, money gram and so on. But um, which is in, those are international companies. But now local and the local Jamaicans now are taking ownership of those kind of schemes, and through that can can generate income and prosperity. And I think he just released a development plan for a huge complex. But then the thing is, um, he I see that he unveiled plans to for a, a huge corporate office in in Jamaica, a big center. But now the but I don't know if that is what Jamaica needs now because the world is moving towards tectonic needs of doing business, of work, um, using technology, remote technology. So maybe we should be looking at in, well, investing in remote technology. You know, vulnerable people in the world, they have to now think in those ways. How do we cap it? You know, if we are an invention of the 21st century, especially the, the, especially people in the Americas, we are an invention of people and one of the people is in, in part of the world where they are not with it, where they're considered diaspora. If we are an in, if we are an invention of the twenty first century, then what are we to be to in the next world? Um, you know, we have to take advantage. We can't make the same mistake that our fathers make. That's why it's good to study history, but we have to now take opportunities, take advantage of the opportunities of the next of the next generation. Take take and leverage technology. And see what's going, the changes that's taking place in science and technology and the world, and take advantage of that. So, <clears throat> we see if that if that can work. But um, but uh, thank you for listening to the neoliberal podcast. Coming coming up next on the neoliberal podcast, what is the difference between neoliberalism and liberalism? I'll have a brief conversation about that. That's part of a wider conversation, looking at Caribbean thought. And also, in, in that's part of my book, Neoliberal Globalization Reconsidered. I actually did have a, a, a conversation with Professor Emeritus, Dr. Emi, Dr. Professor Emeritus, Dr. Martin Oppenheimer, who is my advisor, my good friend, and he's also contributing to my next book that's coming up, um, which um, we had, I think I had a 45 minutes discussion, and it's from the podcast here, looking at um, neoliberal, what the difference between neocapitalism and neoliberalism, so on and so forth. Thank you for listening to the Neoliberal Rome podcast. What good? <laughs>